Listening to Charging Stallion presents News We Like. My name's Cam. My name's Tim, and it's uh, bloody beautiful to be back on the airways with you, Cam. Oh man, I have missed it a lot. Coronavirus didn't want us, didn't want us to have this. This is the whole reason that became a thing. <laughs> but we've we've fought back. We're back. We're back at it. The stallion is back, and it's exciting. It's exciting, man. How have you? Um, I mean, we've spoken a little bit. Over the over the break and everything, we've and we've caught up. But I mean, uh, for the listeners, mate, tell us tell us how things are with you. Uh, they're good, man. Uh, I can't even remember if in the last episode we talked about me moving, but right now I'm in Perth. If maybe you skipped a couple of episodes, I've moved cities, so uh, it was a big deal. But moved from Melbourne to Perth. I've been here six months now, so it's kind of it's kind of flown by. Um, and there's a little bit of getting used to like it's obviously a different pace of life than uh than what melbourne is but a couple of things kind of strange things sort of stood out to me to me and i haven't told you about these things um beautiful (laughs) so uh one thing that really stood out to me about what makes perth different to melbourne is um one of my colleagues was talking about how he was up at five in the morning playing golf and i was like before before work <laughs> no thanks, and, I was, eh? and i tried to hassle him i was like at 5 a.m to play golf before work and he was like yeah that's normal here man because the sun comes up earlier in perth and everyone in the office was like yeah like i was the weird one for thinking it was strange that he was playing golf at five in the morning so what everyone just goes to bed at like nine o'clock I don't know when they go to bed, but um, they are used to being up there early and this, apparently the sun comes up way earlier. And it, it's also because they're like afraid of how hot the sun will get. So oh, they're like, yeah. well, I better do, do all my sports, <laughs> do all my sports in the morning. <laughs> that's it. When you, uh, when you live in a place that's like kind of the desert, people get start to get afraid of like way more real things. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Will I melt today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine loving something that much to be like, okay, I'll do it at five in the morning. But the other thing, um, the other thing that I found weird is one of another colleague, obviously I'm talking, all these stories are about colleagues because I haven't made friends yet. (laughs) 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 And another thing, one of my workmates, (laughs) I know. Yeah. It's early days. Um, Another thing one of my workmates said was she was talking about the beach and she was like, oh, have you been to the beach early in the morning yet? And I was like, oh, nah, not not that early. And she was like, oh, yeah, you'll start to get your head around the lingo. I was like, oh, what lingo? And she's like, well, everybody goes early in the morning and then as soon as the wind, the wind will always start coming into the shore at exactly the same time. It's always about 10 in the morning. And you know that it's about to start hitting because everybody who's like sunbathing, you can hear them all whispering to each other, the doctor is coming, the doctor is coming. Oh, and that's their, that's their, that's, that's real lame. <laughs> <laughs> but is it, I don't even get it. Like, is it a pun? Like, why, why is a sea breeze a doctor? Yeah, I don't know. We know one sea breeze, Christopher Breeze, a.k.a. Wad, 
He's definitely not a doctor. <laughs> imagine, imagine him being your doctor. <laughs> He's over in Sweden now, man, living over there. So that's um. So I'm like a hundred percent surprised and a hundred percent not surprised. <laughs> for for those that, that might be like, who's this Chris that we're talking about? Um, listen to Cut the Hose, and that's who we wrote that song about. <laughs> Yeah, he's not often known as Seabreeze. Normally goes by Wad. <laughs> but yeah, man, that What's sounds. Been... I, I actually have no idea why why people would say. It. You usually with the, that like localism stuff though, doesn't it? Usually just start with someone said something dumb one time, and then a group of people started saying it, and then everyone starts doing it. I guess so. Yeah, and I bet that if I found out what the backstory was, I'd probably like. I'd probably hate it. <laughs> yeah, don't. You'll just ruin it for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, maybe, oh, who knows, maybe I'll become a full convert and I'll be sitting on the beach just melting, going, the doctor is here, the doctor is here. (laughs) Are these people on drugs when they're doing this? Because that's like... (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. The the person who explained that to me, I don't think she would be. What's been happening for you anyway, man? Um, Dude, just like regular life. Hey, we've gone back to somewhat normality here in in melbourne now where you know you can go around see people go to parties and stuff there's there's like still restrictions and things but i mean um we were in like a heavy lockdown for such a long time that having any restrictions just isn't a big deal no one thinks it's just part of life now you know what i mean like now that we can go out and do things and stuff it's like you just put up with it it's not that big a deal you know yeah, man. Uh, you were saying it, it's kind of like changed, like you don't go to like the most massive things now, like you don't even have that desire. Is that still the case? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, I don't know. Like I kind of feel that, you know, hanging out with 15 people is a fair fair few people anyway to be, yeah. to be hanging out with. I mean, I don't feel the need to go hang out at a party of like a hundred people or something anymore. <laughs> it's just, oh, look, I, yeah, I, bro. I'm sure as soon as I go to like a, sick massive party i'll be like 10 drinks in and just be like oh my god this is <laughs> yeah. awesome but um <laughs> but yeah man just the usual like this weekend i um i i, I worked i finished worked at three o'clock and our friend Ras was having a having a party and so i i drive over there and then i'm gonna be like designated driver for my my girlfriend shell and and one of our other friends caro and so yeah I, I picked them up from the party and I'd worked all day and I was just like, I wasn't drinking. So I was just like, you know, just going through the, through, through the motions, still having a good time, good chats with people. But, um, yep. I was, I was definitely keen to, to get home later that day and smoke some weed. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so anyway, we leave from the party, we go, I'm dropping the girls off at another party and, um, our housewarming and, um, as Shell's getting out of the car, she's got like her wallet on her lap. And as she's getting out of the car, her wallet goes straight down this drain. And it's like, oh. and it's like not one of the drains with like the metal grate. It's like the full one with the concrete top on it. And we managed to get the top off. And this thing's like three meter drop down to the bottom oh. of this thing, right? So I'm like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> And was she was she pretty hammered? Like she wasn't in a state to deal with this. Um, she had had a few drinks, but she she wasn't completely wasted. I mean, it was okay, just a, yeah, it was yeah. just a bit of bad luck. We and and, and yeah. um 
And then Caro goes, oh, I'll go across the road. And we had the wrong address to what we thought the house party was at. So she just knocks at this random guy's door and, um, <laughs> and tells him what's happened. And she's just like, oh, we're just looking for a ladder. And he's like, I've got a ladder. So we get this ladder oh, off this guy. And I go down into... <laughs> into climb, the drain? Uh, yeah, I climbed down into the into this fucking drain, dude. And I fully, <laughs> I fully got like this flashback of when I was... And I hadn't thought about this thought in fucking years. And yeah. when I was a kid... We there was like this fucking um, like sur- like a no like a stormwater runoff that was like that went through this park that we played in and at like the the top of the runoff it would go like into this big drain and we used to fucking like run in there like pitch black darkness and see how far like down we can get before yeah. we all freaked out and shit. Yeah. And I was down there and I was looking around and straight and I was like, why the fuck did I ever do that shit? It is horrifyingly scary down there. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was lucky. I was in that at that point where I was like, "No, nah, just get this job done. Got to get home." And I, you know what I mean. I'm just, I just yeah. guess I'm a man. Got to get down this drain. And um, <laughs> in fact, dude, I was, I was pretty fucking scared. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell? Did you tell the girls you were feeling a bit scared? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine yelling. They hear your voice faintly. It's like, guys. <laughs> If they tried to play a prank on me and, like, take the ladder out or something while I was down there, I would have freaked out, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So did you find the wa- the wallet and was it in, like, murky mud? It wasn't too bad. It was, like, it smelled like sewer, but... Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. When, like, I smelled like sewer when I got out of there. Oh, bro. Not like shit. <laughs> Not like shit. It didn't smell like, like feces. It just smells like, like, damp, danky drain water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, in, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have realized that you could fit a ladder down those. Like, I'm surprised that there was enough room for a ladder. It was a tight fit. I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair enough that you were scary. Uh, you that you were scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So after after that, I um I I thought of this this other great story of um of a wallet getting dropped in something. And um, yeah. and so the stories from our mate Dean, um, Dean, uh, you might know him from Drunk Mums or the owner of the Port Melbourne Photoshop. Go see him for all your framing needs. And uh, he recorded the story for me and sent it through. So I'm at Laneway on the 10th of Feb, day after my birthday, dusty as hell. And I decided to wear my tightest pants for some reason. It's about 32 degrees. And I'm like, I'm going to get one more piss in before the charts play. Little did I know Wad was going to be playing with the charts. That's a whole other story. But I go to the toilet with my bloody wallet tucked in around my waistline. No belt on, mind you. Didn't want to get the pants any tighter with having the wallet in my pocket. And I get in this little port Hallelujah. Smell of piss, shit and glory and heat. But the smell of freedom. I throw you this piss out of me. And I open up my pants and my wallet just tumbles straight in to that little metal flap that goes down to the hell pit. And my first reaction is, get it. So I reach in, somehow push my wallet further into the piss oh. and shit of 15,000 16-year-olds 
and freak out. And I'm in that thing, just pumping the water, hand sanitizer thing. Bloody, get the water out, get the shit off me. Come out, there's still shit under my fingernails. And I just walk out of there so fucking butt hurt. Thought I'd lost my wallet. End up having a bloody amazing night. And <laughs> two days later, I'm at work on Monday morning. And I get this call and it's, Hello, this is Sergeant blah, blah, blah from the Footscray Police Station. Are you Dean Whitby? And I'm thinking, what have I done in my blurry haze after the laneway? And she's like, mate, I've got your wallet here and it just, it stinks, but I've got it in this little zip seal bag and I thought you might want to come and get it. And I'm like, do not fucking touch it. It's been through the portaloo. And she's just gutted. She's like, oh, gone through this bag for 10 minutes trying to get your ID out. Anyway, somehow my toilet, my, my wallet has gone through the toilet system. 400 bucks in cash has fallen out, magically. And it's ended up in some bucket that goes to the Footscray Police Station. Anyway, I get my wallet back, tweezers and all, got my ID out, got my credit card out, sanitized it. And it's still the same cards I use to this day. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Dean, you scumbag. That's a good story, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Fuck you, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, bro. That poor, that poor woman who's just been <laughs> trying to do the right thing and probably infected herself by rifling through his wallet. Gross. <laughs> the other, that's the thing for me. Is just like I was thinking about that story, and if at any time there was like something of mine went down that that flap in a in, in a tour, it's gone. It's yeah. I'm, I'm not putting my hand down there. <laughs> what if it was uh, one of your microphones? Would you just leave it be? Dead. What if it was your um, your flash audio recorder, the Zoom? Dead. Ah, <laughs> uh, bro. That, that, whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it was shit. I, I, it was a ticket to Conor McGregor fight. Oh. Yeah, I might do it. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's dude. how important. He means a lot to you, eh? More than your most expensive thing. Yeah, because that's like. Well, that's the biggest thing, though. So I, I, I don't really care too much about belongings if something's like obviously like they cost me a bunch of money and i would have to go find that money from somewhere but i mean (laughs) an experience like i would much i would choose an experience over over something any day of the week yeah yeah man and there's no better experience than going and seeing the notorious one i tell you that's a dream yeah man i'm actually going along to um to watch a fight this Sunday. I don't even know which fight it is. You probably know, but I don't. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier, that one. You're going to have a good time, I reckon, Cam. Yeah, I'm going with Jack Golding. Uh, I don't know anything much about it. We're going to some pub, watching that, and then going swimming together. I can message you some um, some notes about like the fighters in the main event and co-main event, so when you're at the pub, you can drop a couple of lines and, and look like you know the shit. I've heard you say gassed as well. So if one of them oh, yeah. looks tired, I, I know that I should be saying, oh, gassed. He's gassed early. <laughs> That's perfect. You've got it already, bro. <laughs> 
should we uh, should we do what we came here to do, Camo? Yeah, let's do it. And um, welcome back. Thank you for your patience, kind listener. It's been a very long time. And I have had a couple of friends say, when are you doing the next podcast? So thank you for, thanks for being interested, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I moved cities and the world was sort of blowing up. So we just kind of, Timmy and I both focused on other things to just make sure that uh, all of our other things in life were in a good place before we jumped back into it. But in terms of uh, what this show is, if this is the first time, then welcome welcome to the show. Timmy and I discuss news stories that interest us. Um, and Timmy, remind me what order we're doing this in. Um, I think I am going first. All right. All right, Cam. Here we first go. news story for 2021. We've got uh, two fishermen have rescued a naked fugitive who they found sitting on a tree ban- branch in Australian crocodile habitat. So Kev Joyner and Cam Frost, both recreational fishers, found the 40-year-old in East Point in Darwin. Um, now, if you don't know that like that sort of area of Australia up north, like Darwin, there's fucking crocodiles everywhere up there. Right. Um, the friends said they heard Luke shout out for help as they were sitting, setting crab traps from their dinghy in the swamp, a great uh, bonding thing to do with your friends if you've never done it. It's very nice. Uh, they said Luke. Okay. They said Luke, who was concer- who, who was covered in mud, cuts, and insect bites, <laughs> <laughs> begged for them for a drink of clean water, and said that he had been living off snails for four days. Whoa! Um, Good effort. Luke, uh, Luke said that he had been using his clothes for bits and pieces over the way. So this dude was, like, completely nude. And he said, um, the guys that found him said, it didn't make much sense to us. He had a nest made up in the tree, and he was only laying a metre above the water, and there were crocs in the water directly below him. So he has done well to survive. <laughs> can, I just, can I just confirm a couple of things? Yeah. Did you say that he, he had a nest... <laughs> Yeah, so he, <laughs> the, 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 he changed species. He was yeah. only gone for four days. Yeah, dude. The <laughs> naked dude goes goes into the fucking bush in the croc infect, infested bush. I mean, like, let's so, be honest. Like crocodiles, dude. That's that's like that's dinosaurs. Like you, you know, this Jurassic yeah. Park shit. You're not Sam Neil, motherfucker. You can't go do that <laughs> shit. <laughs> So and his clothes, did, was he? Were they in bits and pieces because he was just like roughing it, or was he eating them? I don't know. I, it, it, he said he used them for bits and pieces along the way. So I, he, he, I reckon he was he just, bartering, mm. bartering pieces of his clothes. <laughs> I he don't have the, any money, but you can have a bit of my shorts. He got the raw end of that deal, eh? Um, and the guy said, once we'd seen how bad he was and how many yeah. cuts he had all over him and how dehydrated he was, we thought we better take him in the boat. Yeah. Um, now, uh, this, is where it, this is where it gets interesting. Um, okay. So Luke, the guy who was the naked dude up in the tree, he was taken to a hospital in Darwin where he was uh, placed under police guard as he was treated. Police said he had been on bail after being charged with armed robbery, multiple aggravated assaults, deprivation of liberty, and stealing. Um, He had had removed his electronic monitoring device last week to evade police. And Mm, then, so so this dude does all this shit. He's he's like on. He's like um, meant to be going into this court date. 
And um, he just bails, takes off all his clothes in the fucking far, far north crocodile-infested fucking like jungle and then just lives <laughs> off snails for four days. <laughs> and builds a nest in a tree. Yeah, dude. I don't know, man. If I, here's the thing. If you were going to... If you were going to... I, I don't completely disagree with his decision to do a runner because like with, with mm. that, I can, I can understand why people wouldn't want to go to jail. Right. And I can understand yeah. how they'd be like, I'm going to run away from that. Like that's a, that's something that you can sort of understand. The part yeah. that I can't understand <laughs> is of all the places to hide. That's the worst place. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the worst one. <laughs> yes it's like he just ran out of ran out of his house and picked a direction and he was just like well i'm sure i'll get somewhere and he just ended up in like the swamp yeah dude what a fucking moron Eddie <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Birdman has been banned from standing outside his local shopping center Eddie Hackford is known for standing at the front of his local Coles in Claremont here in WA and was recently told that he's been banned from returning. He said a security guard rushed up to tell him about the ban and even though he's been standing for three years with a parrot on his shoulder out the front of this Coles, they wouldn't lift the ban. Eddie says this is hardly fair considering all the pigeons that roam the same area with no issues. The manager of the shopping centre has released a statement to the public saying centre management are obligated to act on the health and safety requirements set by the local city council and we will work closely with Eddie to make sure that this ban is respected. Now there's a bit of history to this one. So three years ago, Eddie's parrot, just the parrot, not Eddie himself, <laughs> was <laughs> was banned for a short while from the same Coles. So it's this duo's favourite Coles. And they got banned the first time because a dog owner complained about discrimination, saying it was unfair that Eddie was allowed to stand there with a parrot on his shoulder, but that dog owners weren't allowed to either bring their dogs into the supermarket or leave their dogs not on a leash. Uh, At the time, this caused quite an uproar in the local community, and the shopping centre received 20 20 letters demanding that Eddie's ban be revoked. So three years ago, Eddie beat the system because the community kind of wrangled behind him. That's Eddie that, said he that, remem- That's that <laughs> thing about dog owners, bro. It's like it's like um, people always say they're just like, oh, you know, they're a good, they're probably a good person though because you know they've got a dog, and like mm. people with dogs, and it's like that's just not true. Like heaps of yeah. people that are cunts have dogs. Yeah, man. Just wanted yep, to definitely. just wanted to voice that opinion for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to offend like half of humanity. <laughs> Could you tell it beat on my chest for a while, bro? I mean, that was that yeah, bro. Yeah, you've been around some annoying dog owners recently, obviously. <laughs> um, Eddie said he remembers when the original ban happened, and he remembers that a woman tried to just walk into Coles with her dog, not even on a leash. And then the security guard said to this woman, hey, you're going to have to leave your dog tied up out front. And the woman, instead of complying, she pointed out at Eddie 
and started saying, oh, what about this guy? He's standing out here with an animal on his shoulder and that's not on a leash. And that's what kind of ended up. And then the security guard had to be like, oh, I guess I'll ban him too then just to like make his point. That's the other thing. So that- it's, it's sad because it's like if you're standing out the front of somewhere with a parrot on your shoulder for what a few hours <laughs> a day, how, how long did he usually stand there for? I think most days all day. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're doing that all day, the dude obviously has nothing nothing like, else going on in his life. Don't take like, his one his, thing, you know? That's his job. Well, that, that's his charity. He's giving that. That's what he donates to society is him standing there with a parrot. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, kids walk past and they're just like, oh, that's a cool parrot. And yeah. then their parents are like, don't ever go to inside his house with him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at the bird man, boys. Do not look at the bird man. <laughs> That's the one thing, eh? If you if you do have like an exotic animal and you like are you one of those people, it's you could like send out pedo vibes real quick, eh? Real yeah, bro. fucking I, quick. <laughs> I reckon even like owning the, like a weasel or a ferret, if you own one of them, it's your way of saying I am on a watch list. Like it's, an, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> or, you, you should, or if you if you if you have one or you buy one, you should have to go on on a, on yeah. a certain watch list. Yeah, definitely, because they're hand. That's one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what, yeah. so is he banned now for good? So yeah, this time it's hit like it's hit them permanently. So um, yeah, he's he's battled through the last three years because I think because the supermarket got all these letters, or it got twenty letters. But Why yeah, doesn't this he time just go look, like across like the serious. road? I think he just really likes it there. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like his habit. Like, you know, it's like if somebody said to you, Timmy, you can't sit in the last chance outdoor area. You've actually, we've decided you have to go go to over where the markets are, where the North Melbourne markets are. Anytime you want to have a cigarette, you'd just be like, nah, like that's not the spot that I like to sit. Yeah, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be real <laughs> fucking pissed. And you know what? I would make a I would make a scene. I would definitely make a scene. Yeah, and I'm on Birdman's side. I'm on Birdman's yeah. side yeah. on this one. <laughs> he could be me. He could be me in forty years time. <laughs> I reckon five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Camo. A 30-year-old man decided to change his name to Celine Dion after having a few too many glasses of wine. Oh, now this guy is also you. <laughs> this one's one of my favourite, like, uh, actual headlines because it's just like yeah. there's just so much, there's so much good in there that not only has he changed his name to Celine Dion, but he was having a few too many glasses of wine, <laughs> which is like what people do just to relax at home with dinner. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Thomas Dodd, otherwise known as Celine, <laughs> I love that, had, had the idea while watching one of the Canadian singers' concerts on YouTube over Christmas to change his name to Celine Dion. He thought it would be a great idea to pay £89 to officially take her name, but completely forgot about it when the official deed poll documents landed on his doorstep on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds oh that just made me think of uh that story I, I don't know if i've told it on this podcast or not but i had a friend and um he got like 
he woke up in the in in the lockup like the 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 Sunday morning, and didn't yeah. remember anything that um, had happened that that night before. And when you get up, they don't tell you what happened because now it's going to court. You know, like all those details yeah, and now court facts and shit. So he goes home, not fucking knowing what he got, like what what, what oh. why he got a lock up, and he doesn't find out until he goes to court and they're fucking the judges reading out like what actually what actually happened the night before, <laughs> and what actually happened the night before was that he bit a taxi rag official. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, can't get away with that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, once uh, you receive your papers, you need to sign them before an independent witness and inform your relevant record holders before your name is considered changed. But Thomas has no plans to go back on his decisions and hopes it might get him backstage at one of his idols' future gigs. So like all the people he works with, um, any like any anything that he signed up for, all those things, he needs to go <laughs> in and tell those people, all of them, all yes. of them. That that what a great conversation to have with your manager, though. Yeah, and they would ask so many questions, and it's just such a simple reason why. Like it's not like it wasn't a dare. Nobody made him do it. He was just chilling, and he felt like it. Like his manager will be like, "Why?" And he will have to say. I felt like it. Well, this dude just got drunk at home, drinking wine, watching Celine Dion YouTube videos, and next thing... That's the crazy thing about the internet, is like, you can well, just bro. go on a fucking website and fucking sign up to get your name changed to Celine Dion. And £89, that's cheap. That's like 100 bucks, 120 bucks. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. I, was I, don't, I don't reckon... I don't reckon he can claim that he was drunk if he's only had a few wines. I reckon that he this is probably a decision he wanted to make and now he's like, Oh, people aren't thinking it's as cool as what I do. Maybe I'll blame blame the wine. <laughs> well he well he did to quote him, he did say a few too many glasses of wine. So it's like if you uh, okay. if you go a few like, too many. Yeah, yeah okay. if you go like what's too many and then he had a few more than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's like twelve and then so fifteen maybe. Yeah, that's a lot of wine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I I think that I've definitely drunk that much wine in my life and never changed my name to Slade Dion. <laughs> but I was thinking today, like, what, what I was, I was like, oh, what would you change your name to? And I honestly, I couldn't, I, I do applaud him because I couldn't think of anything better than, I think Celine Dion is the best fucking thing that you could change your name to. I think it's number one. <laughs> I'm actually really impressed by it. Thomas you are Dunn. a bit... You are a big fan of divas. Would she be in your top top five of all time divas? Oh, probably not in my top five, but I mean, but I do I do love like the 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 vibe that goes along with Celine Dion. You know what I mean? She's definitely you'd go you'd go more Delta Goodrum. <laughs> I go. I I think I think Cher would be my number one number one of yeah, all time. Man. She's hard to beat. Yeah. But I mean, but if you want to, if you're going to change your name, you want to like get the most of it, out of it and go like a, like a, a, a first name and a surname, not just a single name. I think that's, I don't, I don't, I don't know, bro. Cause I reckon, you know how everyone calls you Timmy D like yeah. you kind of get used to those syllables. It's like Timmy D, Timmy D. Like yeah. that's how people yell, yell out to you. It would be such a powerful <laughs> <laughs> move to go from Timmy D three syllables to just the one. Uh, like, yeah. 
people, people who are like, uh, there'd be like four mates calling out to you, oh, Timmy D, Timmy D, Timmy D, Timmy D. And then you'd be shaking your head. And then the person who knew your new name mm. is like, share. And then you look over. Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> now that you put it like that, I do like that. <laughs> yeah, it's authoritative, man. It's got some power behind it. Would you go a single, a single name? I I feel like I'd want to go like something something tough sounding, like okay. like the Rock. Oh yeah, the Rock. <laughs> so you yeah. so your first name would be the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> A woman has been found guilty of soaring off her own hand to Ooh. try and claim insurance money. Fuck, A twenty. 20- 22-year-old Slovenian woman named Julia has been sent to prison for two years and her boyfriend has been sent there for three years as they've been found guilty of intentionally sawing her hand off above the wrist to try and claim insurance money. It's been discovered that the couple purposely left the hand at home when they jumped in the car and rushed to hospital because they didn't want any doctors to try and sew it back on, which would mean they wouldn't get the insurance money. If the scam had been successful... She would have received $500,000 as a lump sum and then some small monthly payments after that. Prosecutors looked at the couple's search history on their computer and they found out that they had been browsing prosthetic hands the day before they, they sawed off her hand. You've got to look that shit up at the library. You've got to go to the library. <laughs> this sounds like a professional. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like it's from experience. Mm. And also that's way, way more dangerous if you're like at the library where it's all monitored and you're looking at someone like at all these prosthetic hands. <laughs> I, uh, I said prost- I said prosthetic hands, but I was imagining you looking at other stuff in the library. <laughs> yeah. uh, pros- prosecutors looked at the couple's search history and found they had been pre- uh, browsing the hands the day before the accident, or the day before the so-called accident. It was this evidence which led to the verdict. When she arrived at the hospital with no hand, her explanation was that she had been pruning some branches at home and she slipped. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She slept pruning and chopped off her whole hand. That's what she said. Yeah, with like it would be such a vicious motion to like go snip, 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 snip if you were slipping. Dude, even if you like, even if you had a fucking like chainsaw, um, yeah, bro, you'd have to like you're you're cutting through bone and shit, man. You've got to you've got to hold that down with some force to get through that. I reckon. Yeah, bro. I reckon they must have put her arm in a vice or something. That's so fucked up. That she, that, so did he? So did she cut her own, or did, or, did, or did he cut her hand off? Or they didn't say. He cut it off. The he, boyfriend cut it off. So, so he went to prison prison for three years. She went to prison for two years. And I think the dad got in trouble too. So the dad had like told them it was a good idea. The boyfriend's dad. Well, I don't reckon you should get in trouble for that. For saying this is a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, he, he didn't do it. <laughs> do you think that he, what, like, what should they say to him? Hey, don't tell people that's a good idea, or should yeah. they just leave him be? Yeah, yeah. they should tell him. They Definitely tell he him. Sh- he should be told off, at least. Yeah, in court. Like, tell him off in court, and then just be like, Sh- all right, well, see, don't do it again. Get out of here. Yeah. 
<laughs> but he, but like, don't you reckon though? Because I think there's a big difference between like telling someone when they tell you something, being like, oh yeah, that's a good idea, to actually going and like chopping <laughs> someone's hand off. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like the dad. Uh, I would. I, I say keep him in prison. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of what kind of person he is and I'm just like, yeah, keep him there. Yeah, something tells me he was going to try and like reach his hand into the um into their pockets after they got the $500,000. It's a lot of money. I mean, I can But I still Yeah. I know, but I feel like it is it enough to just retire though? If you're 22 no. and you get I would spend it in a year. I reckon I reckon you could you could make it go over like it's two of you as well i reckon it doesn't go further than like five years and then you don't have a hand yeah bro and i bet the dad's coming over again going oh chop the other one off i'd say the other one off i'd say i'd say more realistically yeah like three like if it considering they probably like uh pretty spontaneous people (laughs) 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 um I would, I would say, yeah, I would say two, three years max, and that money would have been gone. And then she doesn't have a fucking hand. I mean, yeah, yeah it wasn't, it wasn't a well thought out plan. Yeah, and uh, by the way, happy ending to that one. Um, they did manage to, <laughs> they managed to sew the hand back on. So when they got to the oh, hospital, yeah. the doctors were like, "Why didn't you bring it?" And they, the doctors, like, took off and they're cut hatchback or whatever and got went to the house and grabbed the <laughs> grabbed the hand brought it in and then they just chucked it back on and they and that like made the daughter real frustrated because she was like well there goes the money <laughs> i love the idea of the doctors just zooming around in the Toyota Corolla, just fucking banging it down the back streets we gotta get to go a grab hand. a go grab a hand <laughs> another mysterious monolith appears in pittsburgh has yet to vanish. So yet another mm. mysterious monolith. So a monolith is like a um, like a, a, a small metal structure that's like mm. um, quite tall and thin and stands up. Okay, and it's like alien looking. Um, okay, know, if you if you want to Google it, you can have a little have a little look at it, Camo. But um, so yet another one has uh, randomly appeared in another corner of the world. This time in Pittsburgh. Um, reports, um, so CBS Pittsburgh reports that, uh, this new seemingly metal structure was found outside of Grandpa Joe's candy shop, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) which I think is a really suspect name for a candy shop. If you ask me, Um, (laughs) in the city's, in the city's, uh, strip district, um, who erected the structure remains unknown. Is it really? What's that? There's a, can- a candy shop in the strip in the strippers area. It's this strip called district, Grandpa which, Joe's, which I think is like it's like maybe like the main strip of the. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, there's a photo here, and it does look like a dodgy area to have a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, five strange monoliths um, appeared in a remote desert uh, area of uh, the first strange one was in a remote desert area of Utah. Um, it was mm-hmm. discovered by Federal Wildlife Services, and then there's been other ones pop up all over the world as well. Um, California, um, yep. and then different parts of America as well. And I do think that like, they look 
they do look like someone's made them in their back shed. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they don't look to me to be like you know alien like, but um, mm. I do think it's a fun. I do like these fun tricks that people play. I, I think that nothing will ever beat people cutting huge like fucking things into people's paddocks, though. Yeah, that that's a good prank because I reckon that's made a lot of farmers believe in aliens. Oh, for sure. That's like a next level prank if you can make somebody believe in a different species. <laughs> it's a per- permanent permanent prank. Bless you. Um, but yeah, dude, I just like that story. I just like the idea of um, pranks as adults. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because when you when like when I was a kid, it was like the kind of pranks that you would do had like usually had a vandalism aspect to them. Yeah. Um, but then you stopped doing those as an adult because you wind up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like I, I I this kind of made me go maybe I should think of a, a fun prank to do like this. Yeah, but when you've got a friend in your friendship circle like Laracy, the moment you start a game to do with pranks, you got to know that he's going to one up it, and and his um his answer to any prank will be more permanent or like psychologically damaging than whatever you put out there first. Yeah, and then I'll be tied to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're worried about people going, "Oh, Timmy had something to do with that," rather than the psychological damage that you'd have. Oh, I'd be fine. This brain is strong. <laughs> this, this kingdom is good. <laughs> what would you be um, if you were able to plot a prank against an adult, and you knew you'd get away with it? What would you do? That's a tough one. I was thinking maybe like um, if I could, if I could some, and and if I could somehow find out where someone was like going each day, they're going yeah. to like a, a a a new place they'd never been to before. Yeah, going and taking a photo of that place and then putting it like under their door, and then they'll look at it, and then they'll get there that day and see that someone has slipped a photograph. <laughs> <laughs> So your your prank would be to make an adult feel like they were getting stalked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. That'll um <laughs> that'll get them. <laughs> yeah. That'll probably mess them up. What would you do? Um I'd probably well, I'd probably do the same prank that I tried to do a lot as a child. Um because what I would always try to do is put glad wrap over the toilet seat so that if somebody, because mm. you know how, if the light's not hitting it quite right, then yeah. it looks like it's see-through. Yeah. I feel like I never did that because the way that I would try to pull that prank off is I would go do it and then I'd come back into the kitchen and be like, does anybody need to use the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I never got to like be satisfied and then because I guess like every now and then someone would be like, all right, Cam, I'll go check it out. And then they'd be like, nearly got me. But yeah, it would be nice for How that. How many actually... times did you try? Oh, there was a there was a period like because I had lots of different phases. One of my phases was like wanting to be a magician. One was wanting to be like a ventriloquist. But there was a phase where I wanted to be just like a prankster. Yeah. And so any time <laughs> that I um, would like 
my parents would take me to a house where there were other kids <clears throat> just i guess to break the ice i'd be like oh i'll tell you guys some things and then i'd just like be like go collect me the glad wrap from your parents drawer and then i'd just show them how it's done and like act out what the adult would go through and then i'd and then all of us kids would go does anybody need to use the toilet and try and get the kid try and punk all the parents but it never worked I love that you're trying to get like just random adults, you know, to go and do things. <laughs> That's a weird thing to do, eh? I would have thought it that is. you would just try to like prank your like the other kids. For nah, for some reason, I thought it would be best to like prank some adults. I mean, that's pretty ballsy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I reckon you could flip. You could make an adult pretty angry if you've made them do like take a slash on their own leg like they're not going to be like whoa you got me they're no, probably going to be like but what if they went in there to do like a and they did like a massive <laughs> shit and then like all the all like the shit just went all over their ass and like all up their back and shit like what like I'd if, never you, am- <laughs> dude, if you did enough force on that thing like you could get serious splashback up if you were doing a How shit ha- I'm impressed by how hard and powerful your bowels work. If that's because <laughs> they would have to come out like as one solid stream, like mostly liquid, yeah. for it to overflow. Overflow, but yeah, there is that risk. Yeah, but I'm I was willing to, to take it. <laughs> is it all just liquid? Just a, nah, a bomb nah. of liquid? Some days, but not most days. <laughs> not most days. <laughs> but definitely some days. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's critically hated burger restaurant is coming to Australia and New Zealand this year. Mark Wahlberg is officially bringing his burger joint, which is called Wahlburgers, over to Australia and New Zealand in a joint venture with United Cinemas. The burger joint has a gift shop in every restaurant. It sells wall gear dedicated to the Wahlberg family, and there'll be TV screens around the whole restaurant playing episodes of Wahlburgers, which I had never heard of, but apparently it's a TV series where the Wahlberg brothers own a restaurant chain. Uh, The burger place is called Walls, and it will be uh, enshrined in Wahlberg movie posters, so Ted, Italian Job, Transformers, uh, and then on the menu there will be heaps of Wahlberg puns. That bloke has no shame. No (laughs) shame at all. Yeah, man, he's just going for it. The um the first Wahlburgers will be in oh it's called Wahlburgers sorry the first Wahlburgers will be in Sydney CBD and they're planning to roll out twenty more as standalone restaurants in Melbourne Perth Brisbane and New Zealand uh, and everyone who's tried it has said that they're pretty bad <laughs> yeah I've heard, I was I've actually heard this about Wahlburgers as well that's the only thing that I know about Wahlburgers is that <laughs> yeah. is that it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, bro. I'm still going to eat it. Like, you've got to do that once, I think. Yeah. But not regularly. So there's one going in Perth? There's going to be one in Perth. There's going to be one in Melbourne, Perth, Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I will go check it out. I mean... Do you not like him? I mean, I, I like some of the movies that he's in, but that just seems... I don't know. It just It just seems like just... Just give me more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. What about if there was Macaulay Burgers? <laughs> and it was Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, I'd go to that. <laughs> yeah, bro. 
McCauley's dog. That'd be he, way better. He did it right though. I mean, he because he went through all that, all like all that shit after he became an adult. All, all of like the mental fucking backlash of being like a child star, and then he just yeah. went off the went like went off the radar for fucking ages, and then came back and he was a good he was a good dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, I reckon he's cool as well. Yeah, I'd rather eat at a burger restaurant with his face all over the walls. I went to um, uh, Taco Bell. They had one in uh, Brisbane. And I went yep. there uh, like a year and a half ago. And the if you get like just the like the standard like taco, it's like the Eldo Paso, um, the, the like fucking normal chip fucking tortilla. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll see if I can describe it some more different ways. <laughs> what other ingredients does it have? <laughs> and uh, just like your fucking your mints, your and then like your lettuce, tomato, cheese, that sort of thing. But dude, they were like, I think you got like two for six. It was like two for five bucks or two for six dollars or something like that. And they were pretty fucking yeah. like good for six bucks. And it was uh, what restaurant? Taco Bell. Yeah, nice. Mm. I think that we've. I thought, does Melbourne only have Taco Bell? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, I actually think like the only Taco Bell in Australia might be in Brisbane. That's lucky that they got to have one of the real ones. Yeah, but a lot of people that tour just don't go there. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they got to get that. <laughs> and, yeah. they got, and they got all the races, so. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Timmy. Well, I think we're no, we've we're not quite at the end. I'd say we're like all two thirds through the show. Well, I what was go- I was going to say um, I just looked down at my recording device and yeah. for some reason it's dropping down heaps in um, battery. So I was thinking yeah. maybe we could uh, talk about you know what's coming up next for the podcast, then roll into the good news story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to stop and change batteries or do you want to just power no, through? No, I think we're good. I think we're good for a little bit longer. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, um, it's fucking, it's good to be back, man. I've really, I've really missed doing this and I've really missed um, having like the the banter with people on online sending sending news stories in and, and um, giving us shouts out and that. And, and um, we would love to get back into doing that again. So yeah. if so if I you're listening to the show, um we want to jump back into that. So send us in your news stories. Um send us in anything that you think is worth talking about that's like a bit obscure, a bit out there, a bit off the beaten track, that's you've come to the right spot. <laughs> this place is for you. We are your people. Your safe place. Charging <laughs> stallion. <laughs> All right. Time for the good news story and then we'll leave you to it. A five-year-old breaks open her piggy bank to make 200 cards for a nursing home. Ariana Chopra ended up designing and crafting hundreds of cards for the residents of Willow Point Nursing Home in New York because she knew that the residents would be unable to celebrate the holidays due to COVID-19. She said, I got an idea of making cards for the people in the nursing home who cannot go out and meet their friends and family because of the coronavirus. Ariana's mother said her daughter was undaunted at making a large batch of cards for the nursing home. They told me the number was 200. I went back to Ariana and said, 
will you be able to make 200 cards? And she was like, yes, mummy, I can do that. For her, at a little age, to be thinking this way, my heart totally melted. One of the residents of the rest home wrote a card back to Ariana saying, this put a smile on my face and a tear or two in my eyes. Man, how nice are people, like little people, before the world crushes them and breaks their spirit? <laughs> <laughs> they're the, yeah, man. <laughs> it's a beautiful They're, they're the best. <laughs> It does, it, and, and like that story. What I what I get from that story, Cam, is is mm. a positive thing. I, it makes me think that it, it does make me think that that you know when you do get older, you do um, forget sometimes to do those like purely nice things for people, um, and yep. and 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 obviously like didn't cost her heaps to it and it's like and, and it's just something just real nice to do for someone else and I think that it's uh it's it's a good thing to remember the inner child in you at, at, at those points when when all you're really thinking about is like the the right thing to do and not all the other aspects that come into it with life you know yeah man absolutely all right Timmy it's been a pleasure nice chatting with you Thank you for listening at home or at work, hopefully at work on really loud speakers. <laughs> and, unless unless you work with me, then just headphones. Thank you. Um, yeah, dude. I'm, 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 as I said before, excited to get back into these and um, and excited to just be churning out some, some podcasts again, dude. Yeah, man. Me too. It's been a pleasure, Cam, as it always is. You've been listening to Charging Stallion Presents... News we like. See ya.